This is a podcast by The Straits Times. Hello and welcome to Pop Vouchers, a pop culture podcast by The Straits Times. My name is Jen Lee, and today, after two episodes of depressing news about the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard trial, we are back today um, on to... I would say the origins of the podcast because I believe one of our very first, if not our first episode, is on K-pop. And we are jumping right back into K-pop this episode. And of course, I am talking about the news of BTS taking a break, which basically like broke the internet last week um, when it was announced. Um, BTS, if you don't know, like, how do you not know? But um, just now, one of my producers was like, actually, I really don't know, you know, what's up with BTS. And I was like, okay, never mind, I'll let you know today. But um, yes, BTS is a very, very, um, I would say, in fact, the biggest boy band in the world right now. Arguably, um, one of the biggest boy bands in history, probably since the Beatles. They have seven people. They are a South Korean K-pop group. Um, and they made their debut, uh, I believe, in 2013. Yes. Uh, so this year would be their ninth anniversary. So during their ninth anniversary, they made this announcement uh, that they were about to go on a break. Okay, so originally it was translated as going on a hiatus. And um, basically, I will, okay, I will go into a little bit about this hoo-ha, right, of this like mistranslation slash what happened afterwards. And then just a little bit about, you know, how... Basically, like how important BTS is, uh, you know, in the current K-pop circuit and in the our understanding of global pop culture, and also finally, like a little bit of my own thoughts on, you know, how like my, my own thoughts now on them taking a break, lah. Which you know, spoiler alert, I actually think it's it's good news. Um, you know, so okay, let's go into this. Uh, so firstly, this whole thing blew up so big because. Originally, right, BTS made a, a video. Basically, as I said, BTS was celebrating their ninth anniversary. And every year, right, uh, on their anniversary, they do this thing called the Festa, uh, which is basically like, it's basically a celebration, right, of them, you know, growing one year older. Then they sit down, they have a meal, they talk, they talk to their fans, they interact, they share things, you know, and things like that. It's a very common place for them to do this. They, they do this quite a bit, you know, this sort of like big videos where they are all together and then they talk. You know, this part of their part of why they're so popular, right? Because they did people they they have so much content, very accessible, and so on. Um, so they basically announced during the the festa when they were having a meal that they were going on, and this is the official English subtitles was we're going into a hiatus now. Uh, Sugar, who is uh, one of the members of the group, the, the, one of the rappers of the group, said this. And then they were talking about how, like, we have to talk about the direction they were taking, you know. And then RM, who was the leader of BTS, opened up about, like, the, the struggles that they've been facing. Like, you know, he was saying that, like, um, you know, they're just making so much, so much music, so much content. And he was saying, like, you know, up until On and Dynamite, which is two of their, uh, you know, singles, are very popular songs. He said, like, I felt like the group was still within my hands, but as we did... Butter and Permission to Dance, which is the group's two English singles that are extremely popular. Butter in particular was um, very, very popular. I think it was nominated at the Grammys and I believe they performed it at the Grammys as well. Um, and they were saying like, as we did Butter and Permission to Dance, I didn't really know what kind of group we were anymore. 
And then he just said, like, there's just no time for me to grow. And this this was like a pretty tearful conversation. Like the, the boys were like sort of crying as they were talking about this. He was saying, like, I just feel like I don't have time to grow. I'm a very different person from who I was 10 years ago. I need time to think and be on my own. And he's saying, like, he basically feel like he can't mature when he's spending all the time uh, within the group as BTS and he can't think, he can't like kind of, you know, explore what kind of person he is and, you know, what future he wants to take. And he's just not sure lah, about what kind of group they are right now. And then Jimin, one of the other members said like, oh, we just, uh, this is, I'm, I'm taking this from, you know, Sunpi, uh, which is a K-pop news site. So he's basically saying like, he they want to think about like what kind of, artists they want to be what what kind of identities they want to craft la. um and they also mentioned like it's very tiring to keep on creating music so sugar who uh is the the, the man who started the conversation by saying they were going on a break uh he's a rapper you know if you know uh about bts's output sugar is a very very key contributor to to all of their music he writes a lot of lyrics writes a lot of songs he is also a a solo um artist uh he works under the name August D and, um, you know, he basically just writes a lot. Like, like he, he's, he's, he's a self, like singer songwriter. He basically pens all of his own work. And he said like the hardest thing is writing lyrics. Like he cannot think about anything to say. You know, he usually likes to like, you know, write about things that he feels and wants to say and has an opinion on, but he feels like he's forcing those things out, you know, and so, so on and so forth. And so basically what they're saying is they're going to take some time to do solo stuff. And because there were a lot of tears and also because the translation was, we're going to take a hiatus, obviously this blew up in, in such a big way because the groups that have gone on hiatus and they never say like how long the hiatus would be for. So it sounds like it's going to be an indefinite hiatus, which was how it was reported in the media when this first came out. And obviously like people like just lost the plot because it's groups that have been on indefinite hiatus are groups like One Direction, which have not been together in like, I don't know, five, seven years, maybe. Like, it's been a very long time. Groups that go on indefinite hiatus are like my personal faith that everybody who listens to this podcast very, very regularly should know, Arashi, which is a Japanese boy band, that is going on indefinite, that went on indefinite hiatus at the end of 2020 and basically like have not appeared together since then. They have made a concerted effort to not appear as five people unless it's uh, for something very specific uh, to Arashi, which they kind of did, you know, last year. But it's a long story. But basically, one of the members has just taken off. Like, he's gone from entertainment. He's decided to take a complete break. So you can't see him on TV. He's not doing anything. He's not putting out music, nothing. And they're just all doing, like, solo stuff right now. So, you know, indefinite height, sounds very intense, right? It sounds very serious. People think it's very severe, and, you know, and because they were crying and being very emotional, so people were like, oh my God, like, this is a this is a big thing. They're taking an indefinite hiatus, but if they don't come back, you know, there was a lot of, like, this sort of speculation. And of course, it hit, um, it hit where it hurt because BTS is the biggest uh, group under um, Big Hit Entertainment and Hype Music, H-Y-B-E. Um, Big Hit Entertainment is a subsidiary of Hype Music because Hype is... Hype basically is is it's like a few big a few K-pop companies, um like con consolidated together. It's like Source Music has Pledis Entertainment and Big Hit under it, um. But suffice to say, the biggest group under it is BTS, 
and um, when they announced this, like their stocks just plummeted, right? Because people are like, oh my god, like this, the thing, the the group that was basically the pride and joy and the, uh, I mean, very put to put very bluntly, the most uh, profitable asset under big hit entertainment, under big hit music and hype was going on a break. So, you know, obviously stocks plummeted. And then very, very quickly, I think in response to, you know, the stocks plummeting and also the very severe headlines coming out of this, um, immediately like Big Hit came out and said like BTS will start a new chapter in which they will simultaneously carry out team activities and individual activities. There will be a time for each of the members to grow their diverse activities. And we anticipate that this will foster BTS into a long running team and that the label will actively support this. But they're basically saying they are still going to do group stuff. Like, they would basically, like, damage control. Like, no, 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 this is not, like, a a hiatus, the way we think about hiatuses in terms of, like, you know, I don't know, NSYNC or, like, um, One Direction, you know, things like that. So, yeah, like, immediately some damage control. RM, the leader of the group, also wrote on Weavers, which is one of those, like, fan portals that you can use to connect with fans. He wrote on Weavers, like, you know, there were very sensational headlines and he feels really bad because he was crying and he feels like, you know, he just wanted to share his feelings very honestly with fans, but it was misinterpreted as something much more severe, you know, things like that. So they were trying to, like, basically calm everybody down. So that's basically what's uh, the news up to this point, okay? And, okay, also BTS just recently released an album, uh, and it's obviously doing very well in the charts because it's BTS and they are the biggest boy band and, you know, they're very, very popular. And um, it's called Proof. The album's called Proof and, like, the um, some of the, the songs are already charting while well, I like, yet to come run BTS. You know, some of the songs on it are already charting. So, yes, they do have an album out right now. And, okay, so moving on to uh, a little bit as to, you know, I think the... the, the the impact that BTS has had on, on K-pop and it becoming a much more global phenomenon. Um, I think suffice to say that K-pop was a- already big before BTS. Like it was already fairly popular, you know, in, in different parts of the world. Um, there were already groups like say Big Bang, despite their troubles, you know, there were groups like Big Bang, there were groups like uh, Girls' Generation. There were, there were a lot of groups that, had already made headway, la, I think, in um in, in overseas market and even in, you know, the North American market. And it's not like particularly mm, it, it's I wouldn't say like BTS was, was, was the people who brought it, you know, to the world, but BTS by virtue of like how popular they are and just like how big they got, because like they were like the level that BTS is at, which if y'all don't understand, and I'm sure my producer Eden doesn't, um, if y'all don't understand, it's like they are on all the talk shows that A-list celebrities go to. You know, they are on like Jimmy Kimmel, they're on like James Corden. They do like several segments with James James Corden. He clearly like really likes having them on. Um, you know, they were on Kapu Karaoke. They they did that whole thing where like they run out onto the streets, then they dance doing the red light for cars. So they dance um on the streets, then they run back when the traffic lights change again and things like that. So they did segments like this. They were on Ellen. They were freaking at the White House. 
like this is like the level that BTS are at. They, you know, spoke at the UN about like, you know, mental health issues and youth issues. They were at the White House to talk about how uh, upsetting uh, the rise of anti-Asian crimes are. And of course, there were some, I think, um, criticisms, uh, not specifically targeted at BTS, but about why BTS was invited to speak on anti-Asian crimes in America, given that they are Asians, not Asian Americans, and do not have as close of, um, you know, uh, do not have that that same experience. I mean, like being an Asian in America is very different from being an Asian in Singapore, right? Where you are like part of the majority race. So, you know, um, there were criticisms, but it's, again, like none of this, like, you know, whether they are legit criticisms or not, the fact of the matter is BTS was like at the White House. They met Joe Biden. Like that's how popular they are, you know? They really have, I think, elevated K-pop to to something that people cannot ignore. And it this is, you know, in spite of the fact that the the Grammys and the North American music market in general is not the kindest, I think, to to Asian music. Like, despite you know being very very popular, BTS has never won a Grammy, and uh, which is uh, you know that's what it is. Yeah, people will say like you cannot just give them just because they're they're, they're Asians or or what, and that's true. But also like they don't get nominated for as much stuff, even though they're very, very popular. Like, if they were a group in America, I think... Okay, you know what? I'm not going to say that, but it does feel like uh, they, there are obstacles, basically, in place for Asian music to make it as big as they have, you know, in uh, North America. So, um, on that on that res- like, respect alone, I, I do think that they are very... Um, so, like, on the... On the aspect of like bringing, I think, K-pop to, to a point where the North American music industry, including awards show, right, including the gatekeepers of North American music, cannot ignore, you have to like give it to them, like, you know. I mean, it's very easy to like say, invite some K-pop groups to, to, to Coachella or like, you know, um, you know, bring them on to some shows. Those are like not that difficult, but to basically get the industry to, yes, recognize that this is a a form of music that we should be taking very, very seriously because it is very powerful. Um, a lot of people like it and there is merit to it. I, I do think they have brought um, the, the the conversation forward love, for, for a lot of Asian-American, uh, for a lot of Asian-based uh, artists. Um, so, you know, in that respect, I really do very much uh, appreciate what they have done. Um, but yeah, like, you know, they are a huge group. And of course, this is the reason why people are so... I guess fixated and also um, there were a lot of, there was so much conversation, right, around them possibly taking a hiatus and why that that reaction was so, so blown up, right? Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. And now back to our podcast episode. And now moving on to the hiatus itself and, and my personal thoughts about it. As a fan of a group, as I've mentioned, Arashi, that also took like an indefinite hiatus, an actual indefinite hiatus instead of BTS's sort of like um, take a break, kind of more casual break situation. My favorite group actually went on an indefinite hiatus. And as somebody who has been through that 
emotional journey, <laughs> that emotional journey, I would say that I, I actually do think that this is a very good idea. Because um, like as somebody who has followed BTS's work, I wouldn't say like I'm a huge fan, right? I'm not, you know, I'm really, I'm not. But as somebody who has followed BTS's music over the years and do enjoy their music uh, once in a while and do listen, you know, if something new comes up, I do, you know, pop up, you know, pop over to check it out and everything. I do feel that you can sense the group's um, lethargy. You know, I do feel that way because, um, okay, like, I, really, like, I really am not here to, like, diss anybody or, or, or you know be mean to anybody or anything but I do feel that things like um, like their performance is still their performances are still top notch like if you watch them perform like Butter at the Grammys top notch like they're amazing at what they do they're very very good but you can tell that there's lethargy in the sense like um, I think in particular for me it was permission to dance because when I saw that I was like okay like you know this is all very high quality pop like it's very you know, polished. It's it's polished in a way that you expect BTS to be. But it to me, right, it didn't feel to me it it didn't feel like the group's best work. Lah. Let's just put it that way. It to me it didn't feel like the group's best work. Because and it didn't feel like it was very to the group's DNA. You know, um if you listen to like their earlier stuff, they have a lot of like they incorporate a lot of like their their own thoughts about like societal issues. Um, they incorporate a lot of like their own feelings about themselves, their lives, you know, identity into their music. And permission to dance for me, right, felt a bit empty of that. And when you look at stuff that say like Sugar does on his own, um, on on his like in his own work, right, as Augusty and everything, and in his own solo work and everything. He's like a, a very sensitive person and also like his brand of music is like much more like grunge and moodier than say things like Permission to Dance. So it did feel like um, even if not all of the members feel this way, I did feel that maybe some of the members were not super suited to um, the music that they were producing at that point in time. Which, you know, sometimes happens like groups need to branch out and everything and explore things that, try things that maybe they've never tried before. But it did feel to me like, oh, this isn't, this doesn't seem like where their heart is, you know, and I guess it has been confirmed la, by themselves that, you know, um, things like permission to dance, you know, they didn't know where they were going with that. And Sugar himself said he found it very difficult to write lyrics, which, yeah, like I really genuinely felt that lethargy from that group. La. And the thing is, like, you have to understand the, the level of um, work that BTS was at, you know, like they are very, very... Um, they are very high productivity, which is not very, which is like very tiring when you when you really consider what they're doing. Because have you ever like you know? It, okay, I I'm not I'm a journalist. I wouldn't consider myself an artist. But like things like writing, for example, it takes a lot of energy to write on. You know, like creative pursuits are very energy draining of course you can have like a, a, a streak in which you're like oh my god i'm feeling it and then you just like bang out like you know 10k words at a go or something or you just like suddenly like produce a lot of stuff but creative pursuits in general are not like they're not like you sit down you can do it one you know like it's not that simple so it does take like some uh, a level of 
you know, feeling uh, comfortable in the moment and, and feeling uh, vulnerable enough to, to produce or, or whatever. It does take a certain level of mindset to do it. But when you look at like BTS's output, right? I mean, it's, it's, oh, it's insane. Like you look at 2014, they had Dark and Wild. They have 2015, they have The Most Beautiful Moment in Life Part 1, Part 2, Most Beautiful Moment in Life, Young Forever. They had Youth, Wings, you never walk alone. These are consecutive years. Uh, Youth and Wings was 2016. You never walk alone. Love yourself. Her 2017. Face yourself 2018. Love yourself. Tear 2018. Love yourself. Answer 2018. Map of the Soul. Persona 2019. Map of the Soul. Seven 2020. Um, you know things like this are very. I mean, like look at how much work there is. 2020 also B, and then of course uh, 2022 proof, and in between and. It's not like, these are albums, you know, these are albums, like full-length albums. So that's very tiring. And in between, you know, 2021, they had um, singles like, like uh, Butter, Permission to Dance, My Universe, things like that. So this is a very high level of output. And it's, and it's their like life and blood, right? And they compose themselves. They Most of the time, BTS makes their own music. So it's, very, it's not like they outsource to people and then they sort of see what they they like what sticks and put it into the album. A lot of stuff they create themselves. So it's very tiring when you consider uh, the level of output that they have been producing, right? So I think it's good that they do take a break. And again, like BTS has been um, around for nine years. So that's, uh, I mean, okay, the, I believe Jin, who is the oldest member, is one year older than me. So he would have made his debut at about 20. So it's because he should be 29 or 30 so or, or so. Um, so he would have made his debut at 20. And I think Jungkook is 24. So he was born in 97. So he would have been like, I don't know, 16, maybe 15 or so when he made his debut, which is very, very young. And you have to consider the 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 arc of life that people go through in nine years. Like, especially going from your formative years as a teenager, literally in Jungkook's and, and Jimin and V's case as teenagers to adults, making that transition over nine years. For someone like Jin, 20 to 29, like that's almost, that's a decade, you know, that's almost a decade. And think about yourself nine years ago and where you are now. Like it's a very big jump. It's very different. So like the the fact that, you know, they want to take a break is completely unsurprising to me because after nine years of doing the same thing, of being in like a, a, a grind, right? It's a grind. Like you're constantly doing this, doing this. You're busy, you're busy, you're busy. And of course, fame hit them and they became even busier, even busier, nonstop just going at, going, you know, doing their work and everything. You don't really get a time to like just sit down and assess where you are at, right? And like, just be like, I wonder what else I want in life, you know, aside from... I'm sure they love their music career very much. But aside from that, like, what else do I want to do? And who I, who do I want to be? Those are very important questions for somebody to explore, especially in their 20s, which all of them are in right now. So I completely understand the, the desire to take a break. And if I may link it back to my my own faith group, Arashi, um, Arashi was uh, active for 21 years before they went on hiatus. It's a very, very long time. Um, yeah, but they were active for 21 years before they went on hiatus. And I just like, 
I mean, it's shocking to me that they they even can do it for 21 years. But I think part of the reason this is, and this is where the sort of J idol versus K idol system sort of differs, is that like for J pop idols, especially idols under Johnny's, which is uh, a, a very big monopolistic um, talent management agency in Japan, especially for idols under Johnny's, like singing and dancing and releasing albums is a very small part of your work. And also a lot of them, I mean, some of them do write down songs and everything, but most of them don't. So a lot of, so you don't have that burnout from the the creative output as much. Um, I mean, of course, some of, I do know that some of the Johnny's Idols do write their own songs, but it's not as common. It's not as common. I mean, in Arashi's show writes his own raps and Nino writes his own solos and occasionally they collaborate and do like their own music and stuff, but again, it's not at the level at which BTS was doing, you know, like almost every song has their own credits and everything. So like the creative burnout is not as great. And also, as I mentioned, like singing and dancing and releasing albums and going on concerts, yes, it's a part of their job, but it's like a fairly small, like relatively compared to, I think, K-idols, it's a smaller part of their job because in Japan, idols are expected to do pretty much everything related to entertainment. So you and they are also encouraged to explore uh, different interests that can add to their resume as an idol. So an idol is not just to sing and dance. You know, they they for example in Arashi, uh, one of the members hosts a news program. Uh, one of the members who has since basically um taken it's on temporary retirement from entertainment. Um, one of the members is an artist, so he sculpts, he draws, uh, he paints, and he like actually had exhibitions for his artworks. Um, some of them act, you know, some of them act very, very frequently. Um, they have their own radio programs. They have their own some. I remember like they are Johnny's idols who like write books, you know, things like that. Who you know go on do on like do different sort of things. Um, my favorite member, Masumoto Jun, does concert production. So he produces every single one of Arashi's concerts, which is very tiring, yes, but it's also a different sort of job from being an idol, right? It's, I mean, it's part of his job as an idol, but it's a different short sort of job from performing as we know it. So those things are, I, I do feel that it, it, I think if they were not, um, they were only doing singing and dancing and, and, um, sort of like if like 80% of their work was like singing and dancing and putting on concerts I think they would have burned out faster because I do feel that they found a lot of joy and motivation from other outlets and other avenues and I think um, BTS as much as you know they do do a lot of things like I mean some of I mean like IMV has acted before I remember uh, and you know they they do like go on variety programs, they, they do host, like, you know, they have, like, their own, own little, like, YouTube shows and stuff like that. But I would say, like, most of their job is still mainly their music and um, producing music and performing music. And that can be, as much as I believe they genuinely do love that, I think that can be pretty tiring, right? Like, if you're just doing similar things over and over and over again, especially if you're not allowed to take a long break, you know, that can be very difficult. And uh, also like just fame in general, like the level of fame that BTS hit is like, it's singular. Like fame as an experience is quite, I I, I actually find it like 
pretty debilitating. I, I find it like to be a very scary experience to be a famous person. Like as much as I love celebrity culture, I'm, as much as I have like, I'm a huge fan girl and everything. I genuinely do think that being famous as like, while yeah, you get money and you know, people like you and you're popular and everything, but being famous is probably not like the best experience. I genuinely think so because I mean, like, everything you do, right, is, like, under a lens, you know. Every scrutin- people scrutinize your every move and everything. And, like, for people in their, you know, teenage to 20s, that kind of years, right, it's kind of the time where you, you're a little bit cringe, you know. You, you kind of make mistakes, yet you're not, like, you've not, like, exactly evolved into, um, the most mature or, 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 or I, I think the most actualized version of yourself yet. Not that, you know, people in their 30s or 40s are definitely actualized. I'm just saying like, that's kind of the, the age where you try to figure out what, what you want to be and who you want to do and you kind of make mistakes in between. And I cannot imagine how stressful it must have been to be that famous and, and like feel the stress of people watching you while you're trying to grow up and be a person like it's a very very difficult thing and this is why like a lot of child stars historically have not fed very well right as they are growing up they get into trouble with you know maybe like drugs or uh, they get in trouble with like uh you know mental health issues and like we have we've seen a lot of child stars go through this uh cycle and it's like very unhealthy so yeah i do feel that um when you are that famous and you get famous so young I think it's good, lah, right? To just take a break and be like, okay, can I just figure out like who I want to be, and can we just like take a break and do my own thing for a bit and not be tied to this extremely huge, extremely powerful brand that is so much more than me already, you know? So I mean, I think it's really good. Also, I heard like for a long time they were living together, and they have finally like not like they have finally like moved out and like stopped living together. Which is like great, like it's good. Like I know people think it's very, very sweet that all seven of them live together and it's very cute and they're like, uh, like little family and they take care of each other. And I do think that's very sweet also. But like, yeah, you need you need space. You need space. You need to, you know, spread your wings and like go away from you know your family a little bit to grow. And I I genuinely do think like yeah lah, they needed that lah. This this was a this was a long time coming. I mean. Even like last year, you know, they kind of took a took a break, right? I mean, 2021, they didn't have an album. They only put out singles. So they, they were kind of slowing the pace of work down. And I, I do believe like it's partially, you know, because of what they said, like, that they really feel like they need a bit more time. So yeah, like this is good news. I do think this is good news. And I know there are like, um, I believe there was a K-pop music industry type association that was like, can BTS reconsider going on a hiatus because like, you know, this would harm the future of South Korea's music industry. And I was just like, don't need like that lah, okay? Like, I mean, they have put in a lot of their lives for this and I think it's okay for them to like want to take a break lah, right? Like, I think they really do deserve it lah after so many years of of, of hard work, right? I think it's a, it's a good thing. So yeah, I mean, that's pretty much all I want to say. Like, this is a very light episode, you know, but um, 
I really, I mean, come on lah. They will come back on lah. Even the they hit themselves said, you know, they're not going on a full hiatus. There will still be like some group activities. There'll be some solo activities and stuff like that. So they will come back. They're also like too big to not come back at this point. They're so profitable and they're so... And I also generally do think like they are a group that enjoys being together with each other, you know? So yeah, like they will come back. Um, It's just a matter of time. And also ARMY is waiting for them. Um, Sorry, that was... Okay, I just realized what I did there. Yes, armies, their fans are called armies. Armies are waiting for them, but also going into the South Korean military, being conscripted for a national uh, South Korean military service is ahead of them. Um, they have to start going soon. I believe Jin has to go either this year or next, uh, latest. So yeah, like, as all K-pop fans know, K-pop fans of boy bands know, that period of time where the boy starts slowly, slowly going, getting conscripted into military service is, yeah, where the group takes a break, like, and then afterwards, maybe they come back together and maybe they're stronger. Maybe they uh, come back together and in a more like relaxed and casual manner. And you know what? I think that's still great. I mean, look at like Super Junior, you know, they are past their peak, obviously, but they are very comfortable with where they are. They are very confident with where they are. And you can tell like the members are, are truly like, I think they have been through a lot and they have gotten to a point where they are um, very uh, secure in, in the place that they are at, you know, and you don't feel like they are fumbling or, or like um, wondering who they are and who they want to be. So I do feel like it's a good thing. You know, taking a break is a good thing. As the Chinese people say, so that's a good thing. You know, you, you, you need breaks. You need rest. Uh, you cannot keep hustling one. You need some time off. You know, and this applies to all of us who have not yet taken our annual leave. So please, people, if you're listening to this and you have not, like, you know, still got half a year left, but you, you like, completely haven't used your 20 days or something, please take your 20 days off and, you know, relax and take a break and think about, you know, life and who you want to be and your own hobbies and your own joys. Okay? Um, here's a reminder from me, <laughs> you know. And yeah, that's it for that's all for pop culture this week. And I hope that was enough of a dose of pop culture. Yeah, if you have anything you want me to talk about, you can write into me at jenly at sbh.com.sg or you can slide into my DMs at jenlywrites. Uh, you can also write into the podcast team at podcast at sbh.com.sg. Alright, that's it for this week. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye. That was a podcast by The Straits Times. Send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. For more podcasts by The Straits Times, The Business Times, and Money FM 89.3, you can also download the audio by SPH app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O.